everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Report, bringing you another fact, not fiction, reporting on things that are happening inside America and around the world. Now today we're going to be talking about the 4th of July mass shooting, we're going to talk about the Second Amendment, we're also going to be talking about guns in America. And we got a great panel here, we always, always got my co-host Joe Bitts, former combat Marine who was wounded in Iraq, and with me is a former Marine veteran of the United States Marine Corps, Ray Krause, and he also just so happens to be an expert in the subject matter, experts of God, anything guns, but most importantly, anything related to the Second Amendment as it relates to laws and what's fact and what's not, what's fiction, excuse me, what's fact, but not fiction. So we want to make sure we get the truth out there. And if you have questions, let us know, feed it in, so we'll try to answer all our questions, and I'm sure Ray can answer it, and Joe can do the same as well. So how's it going, gentlemen? Great. Good to be here. So there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the one thing that really I wanted to do this podcast is on mass shootings in America. And we, it's just like, what, three weeks ago, we had the horrific Uvalde shooting. And I was on a radio program today, earlier this morning, and the things that I mentioned was, why all of a sudden that we have these mass shootings? Now, I'm a little bit older than both of you, 10 years or 15 years older than Joe, and Dick is older than Ray. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I don't remember turning on the news every day, every week, every church outing, 4th of July parade, schools, there's a mass shooting. So someone reflected the gun culture we live in, but we had a gun culture from our, since the inception of this country. But back in when I was a kid, there was not very easy to get a gun. You go in any sporting goods store, come out with a gun, boxes of ammunition. You could even take a rifle to school, put it in the back of your pickup truck in the gun rack, lock the door, and off you went to class, and no one said anything about it. So my question is, and I brought this out in my TikTok interview, or the TikTok video I did this morning, why do you think there's such these horrific crimes revolving around shooting? But before we get that, I want to ducktail first in how everybody seems to attack the gun part. And I hear, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of things being said by political leaders that are just not accurate. But the first one being assault weapon. Now, just for our listeners' sake. What the heck is an assault weapon? Define it. An, an assault weapon for the media terms is, and I'm going to use media terms because that's what it that's what it is. It is a media term, an assault weapon. It's not a gender, it's not a genre of weapons. Assault weapon is basically anything that's high-powered, can hold a lot of rounds, and can just take them, just shoot a lot. And that is the media definition. Okay. Now, can you get in this... Can you buy an assault weapon, the definition that you portrayed? Not technically, because the quote-unquote, I think what they go after for assault weapon, I think they mean machine gun. And in this country, we have to go through the class three steps of actually buying a machine gun. And I would also ask if you could financially afford a machine gun, because a proper machine gun in this country goes for about 30, 40 Correct. Well, because I work at a, a law enforcement supply company and we do sell firearms. And if you want to get a fully automatic weapon, you have to 
petition the the ATF. Yes. There is a fee. And I can't remember what the fee is. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yeah, and it takes time. The ATF doesn't just drop this off and yeah, gets yeah. it in two weeks. And it's just the same thing. Like if you want to get a suppressor, you can get a suppressor, but you have to go through the ATF. And I just learned this because we had someone come in who wants to move to Georgia, and the. I, one of the individuals who I work with said, yeah, you can move to Georgia, but now you have to repetition the ATF and tell them that you're moving to Georgia and you have to pay an additional fine or additional fee. It's a fine. To, <laughs> but it's a, it's a fee yeah. to move the suppressor from your current address to your new address. And if you fail to do, that's a felony. Yeah, and I believe you have an X amount of days. Don't, oh, yeah. I think it's 90 days to be exact. Uh, don't quote me on it. I don't have it in front of my well, face. Well, that's like anything else. There's a yeah. time frame when you have to move that and let them know on your suppressor. So I think kind of moving past that and getting back onto the track of mass shootings, I think what people need to understand is the assault weapon, the weapons of war, the weapons of mass destruction. When you hear that from the media, and I hear from time in, time out, talking to people, debating people, having conversations, having arguments, that's a scare tactic by the media. Anything could be used in a weapon. Anything could be used in a war. Okay. Going by that, we look at the, particularly the AR-15 that we, we, that we all use in the military. But aren't there other semi-automatic weapons, high capacity, that do the same thing, if not more damage, than an AR-15, but are never banned or never mentioned in oh, this yeah. whole debate? Yes. Because I know there's certain high-powered rifles. I know there's an M14 that was used during Vietnam. There was the M1 Grand that was used in World War II. These are high-powered, have a much higher capacity round, can do far more damage than the AR-15 round can do. I just want to interject here for a second. What if, like, so Clinton had the assault weapons ban? Correct. Okay, and then that kind of took out a lot of the ARs out of play. And is that why they're just maybe going back after that? Because after the assault weapons ban was over, ARs kind of boosted back up into production. Now everybody's got one. So maybe it's just like, maybe it's not that the they're going after the ARs only for this particular reason. That's all they know. Well, the problem that I have with that was under the assault weapons ban th people think that every assault weapon was banned which no. actually that wasn't the truth at all you were still able to have an AR you were still able to have these quote-unquote assault weapons you just had to make them compliant with the federal law and ultimately what pushed on from that was after the assault weapons ban ended almost every manufacturer just started making mass amounts of AR-15s. But the other thing is when, and I, don't, I wish I would have had the report in front of me, everybody says reports have showed that mass shootings went down during this period. Well, the Department of Justice did a study with one of the universities, and I, can't, I don't know if it was Harvard or Yale or Princeton, I'm not sure which one, and they showed that there was no measurable effect that it went down. No. And so people misconstrued that this ban eliminated all. There were still mass shootings during this period. Yes. Now, the assault weapon ban was overturned or not renewed under President George Bush. But the, the point that I want to get to is why now, even, and I know Joe laughs at when I say this name again, even Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar, who is hardly a conservative, he looks at 
the legal matters, but he looks at it from a, a policy stance, but what's factual by the Constitution. But what he said is, what causes these individuals, like, okay, take the shooter at the July 4th parade. What takes somebody to go up on a roof in a sniper-like position and start shooting people you don't even know? Somebody directed by Antifa. Yeah, so it's things like, like this that what is causing this? Now, again, I go back to when I was a, kid, a child. I don't remember turning on the news, watching all these mass shootings when we had the most liberal gun laws ever had. We could walk into any sporting concern and come out with a rifle, a pistol, whatever. But at the same time, we also had the much stronger nuclear family. And what I mean by that is everybody that I went to school with, there was only two kids in my class that came from non-traditional families. My one friend, he was from a divorced family. His father was raising him and his brothers. Another classmate was raised by his grandmother. Everybody else came from two-parent family. So I, I still disagree with you on this, even though like there, it takes. A, I think there's a little bit more of the psyche than just maybe having a single parent. Well, or that's just or, one aspect. We go on. I, I mean, it is well because I mean, think about this today. It's like this little maybe a little off, but the serial killer kind of there's like a like a three the three the trio is brain or some kind of brain injury or some kind of head injury, a very traumatic experience, family wise, and then there's like I forget what the third is, but that kind of like if those people if they're looking for somebody or profiling a serial killer, they look for those kind of three things, and then they start narrowing down <clears throat> their possibilities. Well, I know one of the comments came up here is all the shooters had a mom and dad in the home. Not necessarily. Not the... If you look at the Uvalde shooter, the one, the father was not in the home. Their mother was addicted to drugs. He had a problematic relationship with his grand... This individual, yeah, he had a mother and father in the home. But what I mean, just because you have a two-parent family, but what kind of parents are there? But in this case, there was a former... Uh, athletic coach when he was 10 or 11 years old and he got the impression that he this kid who did the shooting was always picked up last and he says we're always picked up last and it made it he got the impression that the kids were like a nuisance to the family they didn't put much stock i mean you could have two parent families but are your parents parenting right now i just look at my own family we didn't come up in the perfect family my dad had only had a fifth grade education. My mom went to work after my dad got hurt on the job. So we were poor. I mean, we had to give money to our parents to put food on the table. But my parents were there in our lives. They went to our sporting games. They went to our events. They tried the best that they could, but they were there in our lives. And these kids, it seems like every mass shooter has primary theme in common. They're young, they're white, they're socially awkward, they're immersed in social media, and they're loners. But they also had like a history that they can't really go in, into. Like this past one, 19, he had a couple run-ins with the law up until the point where his father sponsored him to have a, That's what was it called? Uh, yeah. So it's almost like there's a little bit of a, I guess, an aiding and abetting when it comes to the family member too. It's like, 
I would agree. Hey, here's a, hey, buy a gun. I think through my experience, for Thray's experience, us, when we have kids and they get older, eventually I'll be like, well, maybe he's not old enough to have a gun yet. Well, and if he's like, I really want a gun, I really want a gun, I really want a gun, I'm, as a parent, going to be like, eh, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but here, buddy, and let's kind of evaluate this. No, I would agree, because we had firearms in our home. My dad never bought us toy guns. The reason he never bought us toy guns, he didn't want us to think that a gun is a toy. So he taught us about firearms, and we were responsible about firearms. But there's other things I would like to get into it. And one of the questioners, I kind of... I'm glad they put this in because I think it's chug-a-brew is a lot of times they're usually medicated. Yeah. And I've seen it for post-traumatic stress disorder from the military. We had one Marine that was suicidal because he was taking these anti-depression medications. So we seem to medicate everybody. And kids today are under medication far more than we were when we were younger. And if you look at even the case out in, what was it, Arizona, where the guy gentleman shot up and shot the congresswoman, Gabby, Gabby Gifford, I think her name was? Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the students in his college classes said she was always by the window or the door because she felt this guy was going to go nuts and she wanted a way to get out. We had a guy in my church. He had a very horrific background as a child. He thought one of the women in the church liked him. So she, he, she felt threatened. She got a restraining order. So I asked our church leaders, well, why don't we try to see if we can get him some mental health, have him committed so we get the help he needed. But we couldn't because we had to wait until he committed something or did something before he did that. I had Marines on active duty like that. I asked him, why can't we get him the help he needs? Well, we have to wait till he commits a, an act before we can get him the help. And that makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. And what is hurting us and what's putting on the pressure for more gun control is we're seeing now, because we have access to the Internet, we're seeing now that these people that have committed these horrible acts had a past. Like, this was not new. This was nothing, oh, my God, he, cr he did a mass shooting. No, this guy had a past. He ran, had two run-ins with law enforcement in a matter of five months. So, I mean, and then you're telling me that from April 2019, law enforcement respond, and he's on suicide, a possible suicide individual. And then five months later, he gets, law enforcement gets a phone call, hey, now this individual is about to kill everybody because that's what he's claiming. And then three months later, December of 2019, his father sponsors him for a FOID. I would say that's bad decision making all around. Everybody swung and missed. I would agree. I think the father has, I don't know what you can do legally. That's for up to the lawyers and the courts to decide. But I think the father and the parents are culpable. Yes. If you knew this kid had some violent tendencies, why would you sponsor him to get a fire? And then you go back to the background check. We do background checks all the time when people want a firearm. Even law enforcement, you yep. have to get a background check. But the background check system is only as good as what goes in. Like the shooting at the church in, I think, North Carolina or South Carolina. Had someone did their job and put the information in, this kid wouldn't have been able to get a gun. Same one in Texas. With the Air Force. With the Air Force. Yeah. He was disarmably discharged, which is a felony. But because the Air Force didn't put it in the system, and then they went back and they looked at the military, only 43% of the time that information is put in. So... 
you can do the background check. And that's incredible because on the 4473 paperwork for the background check, check. it even says, it, have you been dishonorably discharged, discharged from, from any armed forces? Now, you look at Ocasio-Cortez, she came out with a statement, I think a month or two ago, and she's literally talking about background checks. When it takes juveniles, juvenile commits a felony, when they turn 18, that goes, that's sealed. Yeah, he's, Why he's is that it. he that record sealed? And she called it, that's racism. And he goes, no, it's not racism. It's if he committed a felony, that should carry through. Right. May not deny him a job, but I mean, at least he should not be able to get a firearm. He shouldn't be able to get a firearm. And then it, to me, it's incredulous of President Biden talking about gun control issues when he needs to look no further than the person he hugged during 4th of July, his son Hunter Biden, who threw away, casually threw away a firearm into the dumpster. Or armed the Taliban on our way out. But I would look at, yeah, exactly, but I would look at his son in America, took a firearm, yep. and just threw it away. That's also a criminal act. I don't know if it rises to a felony. It should, and I would also call on the Secret Service to be held responsible since they went out and fished it and hit it. Yeah, and that that needs to be investigated. So it's almost like the peasants, you're going to restrict your rights, but when your own family does something as incredulous as just throwing a firearm away and the Secret Service covers it up by going after that, there's believe, a problem here. I believe that gun was also loaded when they recovered it as well, which is very dangerous. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, Well, what about, I think we talked about this last time we talked about gun control with Uvalde was like there's a zero communication between the different entities like the three-letter organizations where had they have a little bit of a communication or a better database they could be like hey dude don't mess with no don't give a gun to this person here because just because it doesn't show up in one spot it might have shown up in the other and I really think it's just like it's a lack it's, it's, it's a lack and it's ridiculous that we have these organizations that don't like to talk to each other because they Correct. think one is encroaching on the other. Well, Greg, now, maybe you can answer that question that Joe raised. Do the federal agencies talk with the local agencies when you get your... Uh, Not as much, and that could be, ever. That could be a problem. That was the case with Polly Kloss in 1993. And this, to refresh our viewers, this was a little 11-year-old girl who was kidnapped out of her home in Petaluma, California. The sheriff department at the time stopped this guy because he ran into the ditch but they didn't have knowledge that they were everybody was looking for him because their communications didn't coincide now they kind of do but at the federal level federal government and the local levels should be talking with each other that was the same problem you had at the parkland shooting the fbi was notified that this guy was a problem but they sat on it and didn't do anything now i have a friend who works for the fbi the person initially took that claim, she was fired because she didn't follow through what she was supposed to do. Her protocol. For her protocol. Yeah. There are protocols in this. Well, other than the Uvalde shooter, I think a lot of them have always been on the FBI radar. Yeah, and it, for whatever reason, it doesn't go back into the database. Well, but here's another thing. When you say on everybody's radar, how many times do they cancel somebody for misinformation? But this kid was allowed to put this viral rant and horrific thing about killing on social media and nothing happens. Yeah, but if you mention, well, ivermectin, you get kicked off, yeah, right? or you mention <laughs> something that they don't like, they'll 
tossed you in the off the social media platform. Yeah. But yet, I had one of my TikTok videos blocked, and all I talked about is what happened at the Supreme Court during a local during a recent decision. Yeah, that that was amazing too. What happened with that one, and I would not have believed it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. And it was just like, and John's like. Hey, why is it cool for protesters to be hanging out in front of Supreme Courts and TikTok's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, so, but that goes back to this. Well, so there, things need to be looked at. And the other thing I want to look at, maybe I don't want to push this because you can't push this. I still go back to when I was a child, how you had stronger two-parent families. But then when it goes, I think one of you guys mentioned the community. I remember my brothers and me did something wrong. Not that would send us to jail or anything or you know, bring in law enforcement. Do what kids do. Yeah. But we got home, word spread through the neighborhood, this is what your kids were doing, and the na- the community would watch every kid, whether you had kids or not. And then the other thing is, and this one you really can't push, because I know we all have our kind of free agency, we all have choice. But when I was a kid, you go to City Hall, you go to any government building, or City Square, there were nativity scenes everywhere during the holidays, Christmas. Christmas was seen as a religious holiday. Now it's more of a secular holiday. You can't say Merry Christmas. Can't mention anything about Christianity. And I mean, if we, there's a Muslim hall, we should celebrate. Whatever holiday, but faith binds you with the value system. And kids today don't have their values and they're stuck immersed in the social morass of social media. And I think that's a problem. My brother has a couple kids. He only allows his kids to be on social media or the uh, this ta- their tablets half hour a day. That's it. They got to get off. They got to get outside. They got to play. They got to be kids. But these involved in their lives. Yeah. And I remember my parents. We didn't have much. We were poor as dirt. But they were involved in our lives. They did the best that they possibly could with the means that they had. But they were involved in our lives. And if you're going to be parents, like one of them said, they did have parents in the home. But if you're going to be a parent, you got to be a parent. There's something strange they call be, oh, be, doing parenting. You're not their friend. Be there. Set the example for your kids. And you'll have better quality outcomes. And we're seeing that all over the place. But the other thing I want to mention... I think it was reprehensible for the governor of Illinois and the second, which is Governor Pritzer, if I pronounce his name right, and then Senator Tammy Duckworth to condemn the violence on this July 4th, but they never said anything about the 17 people killed in Chicago and 60 people wounded, nor did they say anything about the governor, Lori Lightfoot, taking money away from Chicago PD, nor did they say anything about the prosecutor in Chicago, Kim Fox, not prosecuting a lot of these criminal activities. It doesn't fit their narrative. And I guess it just doesn't... I mean, the one thing you also you don't see is like when there's gun violence, you don't see a bunch of conservative uh, Republicans hopping on the podium saying that they're going to do something about this. You, But the Democrats or the, the liberals will be like right there you know, while the bodies are being dragged away to say how they're going to condemn gun violence and also by the way 
Hey, hey, here's can you donate fifteen dollars to for my campaign? Another one I like to I would really love to ask this person this question is President Obama. He was from Chicago, so when he leaves the White House, he could go wherever he wants. That's his choice. He didn't go back to Chicago. He went to Martha's Vineyard. So why hasn't President Obama been asked? Well, this was your city. You were a community organizer there. What is your question, opinion about the gun violence? The, I mean, the horrific violence that has perpetrated that city. Or what about education? Like I said, my dad had a fifth grade education. How come nobody talks that 70% of black and Hispanic children are deficient at grade level in math and English? I haven't heard any of these politicians who talk about all lives matter or black lives matter. What about there? Why aren't they asking these questions? And I know that a lot of the cities that do have a lot of gun violence are mostly Democratic ran. Yeah, and Chicago, just for our listeners, hasn't had another party run that city since 1931. Then you look at Atlanta. Atlanta goes back to 17, excuse me, 1879. New Orleans about the same way. Most of these cities have, on average have been run by one party for almost 80 years. So if you're going to be consistent, why not talk about that? But they're only big when it happens to be it fits their narrative. And I think they're disingenuous about it. And why can't they come to the realization that gun control is only going to be followed by people that are law-abiding citizens? And the you could put as many gun control laws as you want. And the only people that are, no, it's, but criminals are not going to follow that. That's not their, that's not their thing. No, they're not. But look what's going on in the American cities today. You have George Soros help elect progressive prosecutors. They just recalled Chase Boudin in San Francisco, who had no prosecutorial experience. He was a district attorney, a public defender, who had, oh, it's, I can't think of his name, Gavin, Gavin. George Gascon in Chicago, I mean, in Los Angeles. No prosecutorial experience. He used to be the DA up in San Francisco, briefly, and then he just pushed this no bail reform. We're not going to prosecute anybody. Philadelphia's beating the same fate. So is New York, and crime is going up. And the sad part is, it's the those who are least able to move or least able to move out of those areas are stuck. And it impacts the low-income communities and especially the minority community. I Yeah, I mean, I know we are going down this path. And I mean, I think some resolve needs to happen. We're watching these agendas. We're watching these narratives on these inner cities. Time and time again, we watch criminals who've committed murder or they call it manslaughter for talking it down. They get one, two, three years, they're out on bail, parole, whatever, and then they go commit it again. But what about the mass shooters? What about the guys who just killed seven, just killed 21, just killed 30, and so on and so forth? How come we can't be a little bit more cruel in our punishment that we dish out to the mass shooter because as we're watching in Illinois, who just got rid of their death penalty several years ago, he gets to live. He gets to live. He gets to live in a box. No matter what, he gets three hot meals. He gets a shower. He gets to sleep. And now there's seven people out there. They're gone. There's 30 wounded with bullet wounds that they don't know. Their life has changed. But yet we have to 
coddle these mass shooters. And the reason why I get upset with it is you see the argument on the media. Everybody who's part of the NRA, pro-Second Amendment, this and that, they look at us as like, oh, yeah, we wanted that to happen. Oh, yeah, we saw the murder. Yeah, that's great. We're equally as frustrated as you, and we want something done. We know that it's not the guns that are doing it because you got 90,000 gun control laws. So we got to figure it out. We have to, hey, stop glorifying the mass shooter on CNN and Fox News. Actually be proactive and say, hey, let's stop this, not like... Well, but you make a point that Jonathan Turley made on the previous mass shooter. He goes, what more gun control legislation would have stopped this? And the second point he made is, what is causing these kids to do what they're doing? There's something that's now that didn't happen like when I was a kid. I don't remember turning on the news and there's 14 people killed, like like Chicago. 17 people killed in a week. There wasn't that many killing in Iraq well, you got, during the height of the surge. You got different variables from when you were a kid till now. Back then you didn't have social media and you didn't have violent video games and you didn't have the government involved in families like they are now. And so, that's the, that, see, but all these things that you're mentioning have to be looked at, okay? I've seen the movie and I'm sure you guys have seen it. Take John Wick. Hollywood puts out these very violent movies. And I think goes back to the first point that you made earlier in this segment. People see these uh, uh, semi-automatic weapons in the movies and they think they do that they right. don't no they don't but that's what they see and they believe that all weapons do that and they have a such a misunderstanding and that's what Turley kind of alluded to they have a misunderstanding of what these what of what guns are it's like when they said well there president biden keeps mentioning it well the second amendment limited that you couldn't get a cannon at the time of the constitution that's false Oh, the yeah. Second Amendment never limits the type of weapon you can't. Later on, they put limits of what you could or can't do, but that's not the Second Amendment. And I could throw in a curveball there saying the puckle gun was a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> and that was made in, in 1702, so that would put the first quote-unquote machine gun 60 years prior to the Second Amendment being created. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, but all these need to be put, placed in totality. And we need to, like, here's a sobering statistic. Then I bring this up when we talk. I'm going to go back to the, the number one ca country with fatherless homes, the United States. And the Census Bureau came out with a couple weeks ago that 18.5 million children in America come from fatherless homes. Now, I talk to, because I deal with a lot of law enforcement from the federal, state, and local levels, as soon as I mention the family, they're all, everyone, doesn't matter what background they come from, they all say the same thing. You're absolutely correct. Every kid that I deal with that comes before me has some type of dysfunction in their family life. So, Rod the Sponge said, meds, exclamation mark. Do you possibly think that it has something to do with medication and all these anxiety yeah. pills and all this stuff being shoved down our throat just when we go see a doctor. Well, antidepressants are kind of like a shotgun effect where, and this is me speaking from experience, is that some, th th a lot of things vary. Sometimes this medication works, sometimes this doesn't, and sometimes you just find something that kind of fits your groove. But also certain thing with these like medications is that it takes a while for it to take effect. And the same thing, it also takes a while 
to get off of it, but you're going to feel the same effect coming you know, coming on. So it's like, it's not instant. I can't take a pill and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, yeah. No, it's like 30, 60 days that it takes me to kind of get everything balanced, but I'm not like, ah. So I think it kind of, it varies. Like you're kind of just like, you're not pigeonholing, but you're taking a, somebody that fits a certain criteria and you're like, okay, this works best for everybody else that this guy's feeling like. So let me try it on him. But everybody's body's different. The chemistry might be off and something that's giving one person more anxiety than the next or sometimes it does the complete opposite of what it is actually supposed to do. So yeah, is medication a problem? Yeah, but then also, well, no medication. Let, let them deal with it on their own. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen either because there's just that. There's that internal struggle. And you're correct. A lot of these problems have either been people who are on medication, coming off medication, being placed on medication. But you also got to look is when you give anti-depression medication to children, their bodies and their brain are still developing. We've seen it in the military. I've seen guys have problems as they were getting on medication. And as they were coming off medication, one of my Marines was suicidal because he was coming off his medication. And they, had, they medicate you without fixing the crux of the problem. Yeah. And a lot of the times that I dealt with people who had PTSD, a lot of it was family life, but I wanted to get to the crux of the issue. I had one Marine, and I think his fellow Marines failed him. He went to the drunk tank nine times. Now, I don't drink. But there's drinking and there's drinking. If you drink and you get so drunk that you have to wake up in a drunk tank, that's someone who needs help. What his leadership should have done is they got him out of the drunk tank, but then they should have took him right away to the alcohol substance abuse coordinator. Yeah. And that would have got him the help. It wouldn't have affected his career. They would have figured something out. What is causing you to drink to that excess? I think you might have hit something there is like there that issue could maybe be taken care of a little bit better if that marine was like went to his command is like hey look i got a problem and without fear of retaliation or getting charges or something happened to him if it's kind of like an amnesty thing we would be more inclined to be like hey we i have a drug problem i have an abuse problem i have an alcoholic problem if there was like an amnesty saying look if you have this problem and you tell us and we're not going to do anything to you fine but i think there's also a stigma associated with mental disorder so these people might have a mental disorder might go unchecked and then they're just like i don't want to be caught in that stigma of being having a mental disorder no there is that stigma it's hopefully it's starting to erode and that's where i would think some of like maybe if the hollywood elites quit whining and some of them have gone through mental health issues themselves oh yeah and maybe they can re give back to their community and say, listen, I went through this. This is what caused, this is what I went, and maybe mentor or at least provide resources or provide your experience how to overcome it. But like when I was in, I would take my Marines down. I don't know anything about mental illness, yeah. but I knew something wasn't right. There was one Marine who was just stone-faced, never smiled, never did anything. Well, he slugged the wall. That's not a normal reaction. Yeah. So I made sure you're going to mental health. And then what I would do, I would call his therapist. Now they can't tell me anything because of HIPAA laws, 
But what I also did is I said, this is what I'm observing. And they could put that into, and they loved it because they got another opinion or another experience of what that individual was going through. Going back to the, the shooting in Illinois, he gave off warnings that something wasn't right. Yeah, multiple. And this is where people need to realize if something doesn't feel right, someone's not doing something that's normal, say something, do, bring it up to somebody's attention. Yeah, but not to put it on the real t- re- retail side, but there should also be a little bit more of a look, especially like from you, what you do in your profession, of saying everything checks out, but you know, somewhere that you have that intuition is like, I'm not really feeling comfortable with this. And just kind of like being able to back out saying, look, by all accounts, you qualify for getting a gun, but guess what? I'm not going to give you a gun. But here's a question just to that. He was under 21, so he didn't go in alone. Yeah. He went in with his father-son. So, so, so when you look at a father-son duo buying your first rifle, whoop de doo this is the family tradition, this and that, because dad was a big-time gun guy, Yeah. and you're going in there and you're all proud, how are you supposed to distinctly make a difference and judge, you know what, it's not for you. I'm backing out of this as a dealer. Because you're looking at it with eyes of, oh, this is a father-son duo, just came into my retail yeah, shop, but he's got goes, his AR. But see, that goes back to the fathers. Like, one of the questions that came up, he had his knives pulled, yes. but was still able to buy illegally buy a gun. Now... It sounded like the reports are accurate. The father knew this stuff. The father knew yes, that he was a he, made so, so I don't know what legalities are in Illinois, but the, I think the father can be held culpable for this. As, I mean, de- most definitely because when you sponsor somebody, you're putting your name and reputation on what you're sponsoring. So you should be held a li- yeah. uh, liability and responsibly for what happened. Now, here's another one that came up is like, how do the police pull the person's knives but are still legally allowed to buy guns? And that is... That goes back to the background check. Yes. If you don't put this information in... Without that information, we'll never know we'll in, never the, in know. the system. And he'll be able to buy a firearm. Guy so, could be charged with first-degree murder as long as it's not put in there. We have no idea. <laughs> so the information has to get into the system that we use for, and that is Nick's. Now, there's something I want to bring up that never going one brought up. There should be red flag laws, and there should be there should not have been guns in the house. They knew he um, that the problem was. What are the red flag laws? And first of all, what are red flag laws? And what are the red flag laws, as you know, in Illinois? So the to answer the first question, what are red flag laws? Red flag laws, in a general purpose, is friends, family, relatives. Um, can report you, even an anonymous person can, but they are going to have to show a little bit more proof. Correct. But if you're a friend's family relative, they can report you as a threat to yourself, threat to community, or anybody. And it kind of varies state by state because they do it differently. I'll explain to Illinois in a second. But what will happen is the police will come in, they'll do their investigation, and if it warrants it, they will get a warrant from the judge and that district and they will go and seize your firearms until you are proven that you are not a threat to yourself, you are not a threat to the community around you. Okay. Now, Illinois Firearms Restraint Act, as they call it, is their red flag law, which is another way of family, friends, and relatives. They can do that, and again, anonymous can call in if there is a threat. 
But in, in Illinois, you have to go to a judge to show proof that this person is going to commit a act of suicide, going to commit an act of mass shooting, a revenge killing, an avenge killing, all so that stuff. So you would have to have proof that yes. what you're alleging is actually factual, whether material... Is going to happen. You witness something, yes. you can prove it in the court. It's not just, I don't like him because he has guns. Right. We take his gun. You have to have some type of due process. Yes, and if there is any of that, will pretty much get thrown out right away. Okay. Now, with this individual, not only was there backup on the multiple law enforcement, but multiple reports have shown his social media, and his he was very active on his social media. Okay. He was he had heroes of Lee Harvey Oswald. He and I mean he supported a lot of violent groups that are out there. So I mean. When you're posting all this stuff, it's not new. This isn't new. So I don't understand why nothing was reported. They closed the case. He goes with dad to get an FOID, and then he commits this. That's why there's, all this has to be looked at in the totality, that there were so many red flags so between the father, what was presented, so that would have prevented him from getting a firearm. And in every, all these cases, they all come down. They're giving you warning signs. Right. And with social media, that could be, I'm guessing, that the evidence you need to show this guy is not supposed to be having, because I've got firearms, just like, I don't post any of this stuff on social media. And this is, this kind of goes back to now it's time for gun owners, pro 2A, pro everything, to take a stand and say, okay, government, enforce what you're putting down on paperwork. Time to do your job because everybody, anti-2A, gun control, pro-gun control, we need this, we need that. They're already ramming it down our throats that we need more. But the problem is, and the answer that lies within is, they had it right there. They, did, they, they, did. they didn't do anything about it. And now, after everything's said and done, who gets the blame? Not the government, not the people who could have actually done something about it. No, it's us common folk who... I have AR-15s. I got rifles. I got shotguns. I got handguns. I'm not going out to kill anybody, but we get the blame. Exactly. And that's why in every one of these cases, these things brought up, that's why we look. We have to look beyond this. What is causing this and what can we do to stop it? It's kind of ironic, like we said earlier, you've got, if I say something that someone doesn't like, I'm already canceled. I had one of my videos canceled. All I said something, this is what's going on in the Supreme Court, they canceled it. Right. But yet, this guy can put all this radical stuff, his his hero is Lee Harvey Oswald, and nothing happens to him? Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, at this point, I, w I don't want to say I throw my hands up and I quit, but it's like, when is it going to be time when the correct officials who not only advocated sign into law, when are they going to push what they've enacted when are they going to start doing something and then also that? the media has to me has extreme culpability in this they push they're focusing on this at the same time 17 people were killed in violence in chicago that never raised an eyebrow that's been going on every weekend for years and nothing happens well, nothing's going to happen because our elected officials they... take president obama he's from illinois he's from chicago he hasn't mentioned it. He hasn't mentioned any of the violence. Michelle Obama. They can talk about what the other side is doing, how they're a threat to democracy. 
but she hasn't said one thing about this. I've seen the never going one. I'm going to start from the top. So never going one. Hold on. We talked about the red flag laws. So is that burden of high of proof too high? Goes on to say clearly it was in this case. He was radicalized by white Christian nationals, at least that's what his social media shows. But we have to admit that the amount of guns in this country, because everyone has the same issues, every country has media, every country has mental health issues. We are the ones with the massive gun death issue. But we're also the ones that have the highest rate of fatherless homes. We're all the ones that have the highest rate of single parent homes with not the, a father in the home. I know people will jump on me for that, for being a Bible thumper, but I can tell you this, I was benefited from a strong father in the home. So I think if you look at anybody who has issues, I saw every one of my Marines who had PTSD, every one of them had problems in the home. They didn't come from great, stable families. Now, people may disagree with that, but that to me is fact. Unfortunately, we're not the only ones with massive gun death issues either. Unfortunately, a lot of countries are suppressing that and making us out to be the only one with massive gun death issues, but we don't. Well, that uh, point's well taken. It's just like if we ducktail on the Roe versus Wade abortion decision by the Supreme Court. You have the French President Marcon criticized this a bad decision by the Supreme Court he has a more stricter abortion policy for France than any state, including the original state that brought the Dobbs case to the Supreme Court. All of Europe has a much stricter abortion yeah. threshold than the United States, but we're the bad guy. And maybe if we had a president who had some cojones and told these countries to shut up and look at yourself, it would be a little bit better and put America first for once. So, not to cut us off, but... Hey, Joe, how you doing? Good. <laughs> this is a great talk, but we need to kind of wrap it up. So, what is the like end result? What do we need to figure out here? We need to look at it, put our prejudices behind. Let's look at solving the problem. Let's look at some of the things we mentioned, mental health, red flag laws. Let's also look at maybe strengthening the family. The core family unit is the bedrock of any successful and strong nation we need to look at that and so with that being how can they get a hold of you and kind of chime in well maybe after this podcast you can get a hold of me by going to ubali reports at gmail.com that's ubali reports at gmail.com or you can go to my social media pages at instagram twitter facebook and tiktok well we have also we have truth we have Truth Social. We have Getter. Getter, Parlor, Rumble, Tumble. <laughs> we got them all. YouTube, Twitch. So you can find us all there. So. And then, Ray, how can they get a hold of you? My email is raymond.aags at gmail.com. And we could talk about anything gunsmithing, Second Amendment related, gun control, new gun control, the laws, the new concealed carry laws that are coming into effect. So. Definitely get a hold of me. So Ubaldi Reports was kind of built based on this idea of veterans, military, and their family members kind of adding to the pot of what is media, but also vetted and accurate media, not this I heard from a friend who kind of stuff. 
So if you are a military veteran, if you are military active, if you are a family member, dogs, best friends, mother, cousin's wife, <laughs> and you have enough to say where it comes to, whether it's sports, whether it could even be the weather, it could be certain issues, whether it's local or afar. Like when I was bringing Ray in, Ray is more mostly a Second Amendment kind of person, and he has articles that he's going to be posting about Second Amendment issues. John, on the other hand, focuses more on policy and also foreign policy. So we want to see those people bring their information in the cusp and they can also, they could submit it to Ubaldi Reports, john at ubaldireports.com. And we'll take a good look at that article and we'll post it. Yeah. So just kind of putting that out there because Ubaldi Reports is just like a culmination of military veterans and their families with not gargling this mainstream media garbage having their own take, their own look at certain things that are going on. And that's what we want you to do. We want you to kind of submit your information and see how it stacks up against everything else. So with that, everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. And keep following you all the reports till next Wednesday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. You get to hear us again. So take care and keep listening to you all the reports.